recording. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're seeing this video. My name is Alex William Smith by birth, but probably better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, the British bad boy of hypnosis from www.magicalguru.com. And I'm delighted to be able to welcome on the show this week, direct from America, a man who is not just a highly experienced clinical hypnotherapist and uh, therapy teacher, but it's also an experienced stage hypnotist, a licensed mental health professional. In the past, he has been a pastor in churches. I mean, th there's so many facets to this man's talents and experiences that this next 60 minutes is just absolutely going to sail by. So pay attention and welcome to the show, Richard Nongard. How are you, Richard? I'm great, Dan. It's awesome to be here with you today, Jonathan. It's been a while since we've spoken, and I always enjoy it. It's 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 a weird one, yeah. Ten years ago, well, just over ten years ago, because my daughter's just over ten, and my wife Rachel was pregnant at the time when you were here in England running a speed trance event with um, John Sabon. Well, time just disappears. Look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ask you some questions as we go along, but right now, sure. for anyone, like who, like, anyone who anyone who can I can't imagine there's anyone in the hypnotherapy or stage hypnosis industry who hasn't already come across your website, subliminalscience.com, or one of your many other websites. But if for some bizarre reason they've been asleep or they've only just got into the industry and therefore may not have come across you yet. How did you get to where you are today, someone who's, who is all those things that I just mentioned? Sure. You know, it was funny. Yesterday, I actually stopped by a, uh, a training that another uh, hypnosis instructor was doing. And he introduced me and I asked, is there anyone here who doesn't know who I am? There were a few people in the room. And I thought to myself, well, you, you don't use Google then. Um, so how did I get to where I am? And, and um I am pretty well known. I've written a lot of books in hypnosis. I've done a lot of trainings and I also do the real work of actually seeing clients. You can actually make an appointment with me and come to my office and have me hypnotize you. So uh, I think that's been a part of my success. But years ago, I learned a valuable lesson. And that is that um, if you don't like where you are, put yourself where you want to be. So if you want to be at the top of anything, then put yourself at the top, be the top. And I, I think that's it's important to recognize that what Milton Erickson said was true. We have the resources within us to solve anything in front of us. And I've tried to apply that in a number of different ways. But I think probably I am most well-known because uh, I'm really good. Well, I, I'm not actually a good typist, but I'm, I'm good at, uh, I'm good at uh, hiring editors to make my typing look professional. Uh, but I'm good at cranking out the typing. And so I write a lot and uh, my books have sold pretty well. I, I think I would, I would venture to say that nobody sold as many hypnosis books as I have. So, and it's safe to say if you go on Amazon, I mean, if you just go on Google and type in Richard Nongard books, you're going to get a ton of them. But if, if, if you go on Amazon, because you always, you know, buy a few at once and that way you'll get free shipping and uh, you'll find tons of books covering every angle of, well, not just hypnosis, therapeutically entertaining, rapid inductions, but I mean, also like how to survive new relationships with step siblings and sure, sure, sure. Things, 
Well, I am a psychotherapist, so my interests go far beyond uh, hypnosis. Of course, hypnosis is what I do on a daily basis. It's what I'm interested in. It's my passion, uh, but uh, other aspects of psychotherapy. So I, I, I did write a book titled The Step Spouse, How to Stay Sane When uh, Their Ex is Driving You Crazy. And uh, I just finished a book with RJ Banks on uh, advanced parallel programming and the law of attraction. That just came out last week. And I think that's an outgrowth of my interest in auto-suggestion and positive affirmations in hypnosis, combined with Rob Banks' expertise in uh, really understanding the mindset of success. So we collaborated on that. And uh, of course, probably the most recent book is The Seven Most Effective Methods of Self-Hypnosis. And that's been my bestseller so far. And I think the reason why is people around the world really want to know how to access the resource states of hypnosis that can change their health, their wealth, uh, uh, or their habits. And, and they see a stage hypnosis show and they say, wow, that was amazing. You know, how can I use that power in my own life? Or they go to a hypnotherapist and they discover that what they've struggled with their whole life to make a change on, they were able to, they were able to change in a couple of sessions. And now they want to be able to not just be hypnotized, but become hypnotic. And, uh, and so I think that's the reason why that book has been a uh, bestseller. Excellent. So in terms of, I mean, the majority, of, obviously anyone could eventually find this video when it goes live, um, such is the nature of the internet these days, but it is mainly aimed at people in the industry. So sure. whether it's a stage hypnotist, hypnotherapist, or, or some other kind of talking uh therapist who even if they don't call it hypnosis is using suggestion is using metaphor or any of these sort of techniques in the work so i put myself in the place of the viewer at home who i guess is probably going to pause this video by now and done a quick google search on you if they didn't know who you were already and now come back to the video and gone wow this guy's had shed loads of experience but on, but on the real, everything from what most therapists deal with on a daily basis, right through to the mental health stuff, uh, proper addictions, what I call the, you know, the, the, the hard line cases. Right. But also you've, you've got a background as you, you were a pastor in the, in the church. Sure. Well, that was where I first learned the power of stage hypnosis. Uh, but that's I'm glad you said that because I, otherwise I might have been upsetting you with the question later of how do you view religion now? Because I, I see it as being a prime example of hypnosis. Oh, I, I, absolutely. In fact, uh, my most recent book, I wrote a story that is bound to offend somebody about my experience in a Baptist church in Austin uh, where they did the pre-talk. Uh, he, he read some scripture and told us what we were going to do. And after, uh, after the first prayer that focused our attention, which was really training us to set aside what was outside of the doors and bring our attention to the present, uh, he did his induction. It was a 20 minute induction. We call that a sermon. And, uh, and then of course went into his hypnotic suggestions, uh, and, uh, and then even post hypnotic suggestions, the altar call as a post hypnotic suggestion, you know, uh, I, I know now that somebody here's been touched and you'll you'll come up in front of the crowd and you'll you know confess to everybody whatever and, and in fact there's more than one or two or three of you you know that's a, a hypnotic suggestion and and uh and, and so i could see all of the elements of uh of a proper stage hypnosis show uh in that church service and uh, you know religion 
uh, has used since the beginning of time, we've always tried to explain the unexplainable, right? And so religion really is our set of beliefs that make sense out of things that really don't make sense. And, uh, uh, um, you know, Freud came along and changed it. And theology is no longer the queen of the social sciences. Now psychology is. But I think the role of the psychologist is largely that of the priest healer. It's it's largely uh, uh, superstition also, the field of psychology. Um, you know, even, even, even medicine is. You know, uh, antidepressants largely uh, are the placebo effect. The research actually shows that uh, it's placebo with side effects. Um, and, well, Irving Kirsch's book, The uh, Emperor's New Drugs, where he did right, a right. analysis on all the right, studies, right, right, right. actually concluded that placebo is more effective. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes people say to me, is hypnosis placebo? And I, I, I agree with that it is placebo. And uh, the reality is placebo is actually the most desired effect because it has no side effects and it doesn't cost any money. So uh, so I'm OK with that. But when, when it comes to, you know, religion, um, trance uh, is a is a phenomenon that can focus our attention. It can help us to access our higher self or our resources, whatever the religion is, whether it's whirling dervishes, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, Kabbalah prayers or whether it's Catholicism or, you know, American evangelical Christianity or, or really any other religious flavor out there. Um, trans focuses attention. It helps us clarify goals. It, uh, it, it helps us to be present in the moment. And uh, those are all some of the contributions, I think, to our awareness of the power of hypnosis that uh, the religion has made what, what what's your view then on the idea and i don't know what words in your mouth but people let's say the the potential client or patient with whatever issue for them to truly believe a change has taken place if they, 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 a lot want tangible evidence there and then that's why a lot of phobia guys all like specializing spiders because they've got a spider to be able to get them to hold up for example um but in like um certain churches when the pastor touches them the person because of the hyped up belief will go into the old shakiness because the whole body shaking dropping to the floor being anointed by god is them proving to themselves because you know for this change this healing to take place i've got to believe that god's touched me so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy the way that some clients will not think that they've offloaded the baggage from the past unless they break down in tears the so-called abreaction what do you sure. make of that well just because it's hypnosis doesn't mean that god didn't touch them uh but the reality is, uh, when I see, for example, Benny Hinn, let the bodies hit the floor. And if you haven't seen that video yet, please watch that video. Just go to YouTube and type in Benny Hinn, let the bodies hit the floor. And what you're going to be seeing is a series of rapid and instant inductions. If you like Sarbone and I doing speed trance, Benny Hinn is actually the master of rapid induction. Uh, I, I recognize this as a stage hypnosis show. Yeah. Uh, because a, a stage hypnosis show doesn't discount the power of God. Now, I don't happen to believe that in much of what I see on television evangelistic shows is actually the power of God, but whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not the arbitrator of, of, of whether, uh, whether, whether God works in mysterious ways or not. Uh, but what I do know is that whether it's God or not, it's still hypnosis. And it's damn good stage hypnosis. Maybe not that ethical, but yeah, definitely a good 
good, sure. good nonetheless. So yeah, which leads us. So to by the way, by now half your audience loves me and half your audience hates me. Don't worry. By the end, the half that currently hate you or love you because they'll be able to attach themselves to that that they feel good about. Um, so that's segue beautifully into stage hypnosis. I mean, you 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 you've, you've done shows in Vegas, haven't you? When you've been with Michael John and. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was the fill-in guy for a couple of the big shows here back in the uh, 2000s, and it was great because it, it, for me it was awesome. I was actually living in Oklahoma at the time, so I would fly out here and fill in for you know Michael Johns, Terry Stokes, uh, uh, filled in for Dr. Scott Lewis. He had a long-running show at the Riviera Hotel, and I filled in for him probably the most. Uh, and so I'd get my name in lights in Las Vegas for a, a couple of nights, and then I'd go back home to my normal house with my normal kids and normal family and and go to my normal office where I saw normal clients for hypnotherapy. And so it was kind of fun because I got the best of both worlds. I got to be a regular guy but see my name in lights every now and then on the Las Vegas Strip. But I also did stage hypnosis shows at comedy clubs, of course, corporate events, uh, private parties, etc., uh, you know, colleges, uh, high schools, all those sorts of things. And uh, and then Serbone and I partnered up and did a uh, – we, we have frequently done a two-man stage hypnosis show, which is pretty fun. So I've got to ask you, okay? Personally, um, after th well, it's now 30 years that I've been doing stage hypnosis shows. And my genuine, and this is not for the sake of being controversial, my genuine, sincere, if I had to stake my life on it, connected to a lie detector, our conclusion is that stage hypnosis is nothing more than a bunch of attention-seeking idiots that want a perfect excuse where at the end of the show they can either go, A, I don't remember what happened. Um, what did he make me do? Or she made me do? Oh, right. So they're getting even more attention. Or at the end they can go, I can remember it, but I couldn't stop myself from doing it. Either way, all the self-blame, shame, guilt and regret of the daft things they did is removed from them and put onto the hypnotist. And they get even more praise and attention after the show as well as during it. And they've got the perfect safety shield of the hypnotist made me do it um, to, to, to do things that they might only normally do when they'd had one too many to drink, shall, shall we say. And I genuinely believe there's nothing more to it than that. Some people may delude themselves to the point where they convince themselves they entered some special state. Uh, but I think it's just exhibitionist. What, what, what's your take on stage hypnosis? Well, stage hypnosis is a game of Simon Says. I don't know if you played Simon Says when yeah. you were a kid in the UK, but uh, in America we play, you know, Simon Says when we're a kid, and that's largely what a stage hypnosis show is. You know, there are different models of hypnosis and the social compliance model is the model that applies to uh, stage hypnosis. Now, uh, of course, that doesn't mean, just like it doesn't mean that God isn't actually a power of God behind that stage hypnosis show we see in a religious uh, venue. When we see a stage hypnotist at a hypnosis show, it doesn't mean that the resource state of hypnosis, creativity, the resource state of, of letting go and having fun, the resource state of being unguarded and, uh, and uh, an exhibitionist uh, isn't created. I, I think those folks really are experiencing hypnosis. But one of the things we have to recognize is... Well, that's great, because if you're saying they're experiencing hypnosis, but you wonderfully prior to saying that you'd mentioned the getting the creativity state, the feeling safe to have fun and let the hair down stay. 
Well, these are all natural things that are within everyone where perhaps you just it comes down to what someone's definition of hypnosis is then really doesn't it well and that's what i was going to say next was that nothing happens in a stage hypnosis show that doesn't happen in real life so jonathan if i say to you my cell phone is floating imagine my cell phone floating see my cell phone floating right And, and 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 the reason it's floating is because i'm invisible right? Uh, the hypnotist, Richard, is now invisible. The flown is floating by itself. Isn't that amazing? Show me your amazed state, okay? Um, that's called a negative hallucination in a stage hypnosis show. But a negative hallucination happens in real life every single day. Here's how it happens. Uh, here are my keys, okay? Imagine my hand is my desk. My desk is cluttered. I'm, I'm, Jonathan, I'm looking all around for my keys. Have you seen my keys? I can't find my keys. I've given myself a negative hypnotic suggestion that I am always losing everything, Jonathan. It's crazy. Where are my keys? So I'm not seeing the keys right in front of me. You pointed out. Mm-hmm. I experience a negative hallucination, or maybe at your house it goes like this. Uh, hey, Rachel, I thought you uh, went to the grocery store. I'm trying to make a sandwich. There's no mayonnaise. Um, well, Jonathan, it's right there in the middle of the uh, of the door, and you say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's I I missed it. It was right there in front of me." So we have negative hypnotic hallucinations apart from a stage hypnosis show. So stage hypnotist. <laughs> Which are natural, which therefore contextually means that because everything is natural and can happen in the normal world without the ritualistic importance seeming right. process of hypnosis, that maybe, I know you don't, but maybe a lot of people who teach hypnosis for their own want of a sense of self-importance make it out to be some really special state that you've got to have mega skills to attain yeah i always see people selling really expensive uh programs to reach magical mystical states like you know the super duper double looper deep supersonic you know uh sea uh, court state or something like that or the asdale the, the, the asdale state um look you're either your brain is either uh in uh, in a very low cycle of uh of uh of um uh, of of electrical impulses really in the brain or a high cycle. You're either very asleep or you're very alert. You're somewhere between there. If you're not there, you're either dead or you're Charlie Sheen and have a lot of good cocaine. And there's nowhere else for our brain to go. So what a stage hypnotist is doing is not creating, or a clinical hypnotist, they're not creating a state that doesn't exist elsewhere. But what they're doing is they're directing in that moment the ability to access those naturally occurring resource states. And Milton Erickson, or more specifically, um, uh, oh, my, my name failed for a minute, but he's talking about utilization. How do we... When somebody comes to my office, I don't actually try to hypnotize them. I try to help them to utilize those resource states that are hypnotic and to direct their attention to those and then to see how they can take what they experience in my office back to the real world. We can do that in a stage hypnosis show too. But I think you and I do share a common belief that hypnosis really isn't that mysterious, nor is it very special. No, but the results of it can be very special. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The results so are profound. That kind of really nicely and succinctly um, kind of covers stage hypnosis. Um, so then we segue into hypnotherapy. Now, my opinion, and I would love your your view on this, is and this is altered for me slightly over the uh, over the time I've done therapy over the past thirty years. But my again conclusion. 
based on my experiences, and that's all I can go off and evidence from elsewhere, is that the client that actually makes a change makes a change because they were ready to anyway. And by that, I mean they could have made that change themselves, but if they just suddenly woke up one morning and went, right, I'm never smoking again, I'm never taking cocaine, which I did do in the early 90s and never, then never touched it again, so I know it's possible. But then they could bump into somebody who knew them as the smoker or the cocaine addict or as the whatever, and they'd go, oh, wow, I noticed you've not had a cigarette in the half hour we've been talking here on the street where you normally would, and you go, well, that's good, I don't smoke anymore. And they go, well, how did you stop? And they go, oh, I just woke up one morning, decided not to. The chances are that person's going to go, well, if it was that bloody simple, you fuckwit, why didn't you stop before when you knew all the good thing, you know, you knew why it was bad for you? And if the person encounters loads of people, family and friends doing that kind of thing, they will end up relapsing to prove to those people that criticise them for making the change that it wasn't that easy. Right. Whereas if they go and see a perceived authority figure like yourself, uh, make a financial investment, they can walk out of that office and if they bump into people, uh, at that office they can leave behind any element of self-blame, shame, guilt and regret for not having got off their arse and made the changes sooner because they're given a safety blanket when they leave the office. When people go, why didn't you do it sooner? They can say, well, I tried, but, but I, I couldn't do it on my own. And then I found this expert, this person who's got wonderful word of mouth uh, reviews, Richard Nongard, and he, he made it so easy for me. And that's why I wasn't able to do it before. And it offloads all self-blame, shame, guilt and regret from them and gives them this protection blanket whereby therefore they don't have to relapse because they're not having things said to them that make them feel bad for not having done it sooner what's your take on that well i think again uh, there's there's certainly um a truth in there I, I think we agree that hypnosis is largely the ritual that people have chosen to mark making a change and if i'm doing a hypnosis session correctly by the time they close their eyes and i do the induction they've already become a non-smoker right right yeah. Sitting in the chair, listening to Richard with headphones, because I always do hypnosis sessions with headphones on, uh, um, uh, hearing my indirect and my direct suggestions and my metaphor and my post-hypnotic suggestion, that's all ritual. We are, we are, we are back to our religious understandings. We love, we love ritual. If we didn't love ritual, uh, nonsensical churches, um, whose dogma is absolutely bizarre, wouldn't persist for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Uh, it's the ritual that brings us a sense of satisfaction. It's the ritual that helps us feel secure. It's the ritual that helps us to feel uh, a sense of, uh, of serenity or security or significance. Likewise, people choose. I don't know why they choose the ritual of going to see Richard for stop smoking hypnosis to quit smoking, but that's the ritual they've chosen. Other people choose the ritual of switch down and quit. Other people choose the ritual of laser therapy, whatever the hell that's all about. Other people choose the ritual of, uh, of uh, nicotine gum and uh, whatever else, whatever ritual they chose. Some people choose the ritual of self-will and white knuckling it, we call it. And other people choose the ritual of hypnosis. Now, I think hypnosis has a greater efficacy for a number of reasons than some of those other rituals. One of the reasons why is 
and this is always the most important variable in therapy. This is why we see people who have bad hypnosis techniques have good results. And we see that all the time. We see people who are absolute flakes have phenomenal results. The number one variable is not the method used. The number one variable is, uh, do I actually care about my clients? So when I have somebody who I am connected to, that's very powerful. And I'm willing, I'm more likely to sustain a change because Jonathan, you got my back or I got your back. We're together and we can do things in groups that we can't do individually. I think hypnosis increases the efficacy because we actually do change our beliefs. And when we change our beliefs, we change our behaviors. And he, any hypnotist should be using some form of affirmations or in cognitive behavioral therapy, we call it countering the cognitive errors, but really it's direct suggestion. And, uh, and then we, uh, then we have new beliefs and we have new beliefs. We have new actions. So if I believe that I want to see Jonathan Royal for, uh, hypno for stop smoking hypnosis and that he was going to be able to help me well, I'm going to act in accord with that belief. And if you told me I wouldn't, I would forget to remember to smoke the rest of the day, then I will forget to remember to smoke the rest of the day. Uh, so I, I think there are a number of factors that come to play in why hypnosis is probably more effective than some of those other techniques. But ultimately, uh, it is the ritual that was chosen. And I don't begrudge people who choose a different ritual. Sometimes I hear hypnotists say, oh, you know, why, you know, you should never use home homeopathic uh, medicine to quit smoking. I mean, homeopathic medicine is the biggest crock of shit. Okay. There's, there's, there's nothing in this. The less of something creates more of a response. I mean, there's the, the science doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a flu medicine that's widely sold all over the world and they actually got sued and their defense was um there's nothing in our medicine it's like you know one one billionth of a fatty duck goose liver or something uh but but people it's got five star reviews on amazon you know thousands and thousands of people around the world say i had the flu i took this and i got better um again it's ritual it's take two pills and call me in the morning let me know how you are it, it is hypnosis um or a form of hypnosis Oh, definitely. I mean, um, James Randi, um, for, for people who are watching who may not know, James Randi is a magician. I uh, used to do escapology, and he had a thing called the James Randi Educational Foundation. That's kind of shut as such now, where um, he'd investigate claims of the paranormal or extraordinary claims, and homeopathy was one of them and he started one of his talks by going on stage with all these homeopathic pills and taking bottle after right. bottle of them because on the bottle it says do not exceed so many in a day and therefore by virtue of the warning he, he, you know he should have dropped dead on stage and obviously he didn't because there's right. nothing in them um so as you say it's about the ritual the importance the intent and all that the belief. yeah and belief. so in which case what the fuck? And this annoys me. People, I get that people have got to make money, but I, I think there's a point where there's people in this industry, hypnotherapy trainers, or, or whatever they choose to call it, Tibetan mind control, whatever technique they give, name they give this new winky wanky technique, they'll charge a fortune so you can learn this new technique. And when you look at it, it's nothing, there's no real substance to it other than. When it works, it's going to work because of the placebo effect, because of belief, because of expectancy, because of intent, all the things you've already mentioned. Whereas 
the therapist who's buying into these because they want to believe they've got the latest powerful technique overlook things like for example affirmations that you said before the power of them and the power of uh, emil kue uh, i mean right. what's your view on all that i mean you know, my, my favorite deepener does not impress hypnotists at a hypnosis convention. In fact, I was at an Erickson Foundation event here in Arizona last month. Two different speakers mocked hypnotists who count backwards. Well, what does that have to do with hypnosis? But my favorite deepener is 543210. And the reason why it's my favorite deepener is because it's consistent with our cultural understanding of hypnosis. So for whatever reason, actually the reason is uh, Bela Lugosi playing Dracula, needed to hypnotize. But Bela Lugosi was an actor, not a hypnotist. So Bela Lugosi had eye fixation, because remember, he read James Braid's induction, right? He got yeah. the lancet held before their eyes. So he said, okay, eye fixation. And 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 Bela Lugosi said, I don't want to learn anything more about hypnosis, because that's I'm not a hypnotist, I'm an actor. So he just went five, four, three, two, one, zero. That's what Dracula did to hypnotize. So every other movie said, what do you do when you hypnotize? You count backwards. So whether it's the movie Office Space, whether it's my new favorite movie called The Great Hypnotist, which is a Chinese movie that you can find on the internet. That's an awesome hypnosis movie. Uh, came out two or three years ago in China. Uh, or really any other movie about hypnosis, the hypnotist counts backwards. So so we have, uh, um, in America, we have a show called Sesame Street. It's a very popular children's show. Most people grew up with it. There's a character called The Count, and count one, two, yes. three, four, right? Well, that's actually a parody of Bela Lugosi. That's that's the Muppet of Bela Lugosi, uh -huh. right? So so in our cultural awareness of what is hypnosis is counting backwards. So when you count backwards, here's literally what happens. Go ahead, count backwards, Jonathan. I'm going to be your client. You count backwards from five to one slowly. Five, the deep you go. Well, just the numbers. I put words in, but we'll just do the numbers. Five, four. Holy mackerel. The hypnotist is really counting backwards. Three, two. I must be getting hypnotized. And on one, just relax, drifting down to sleep. And I must be in hypnosis now. The reason why that deepener is so powerful is because it's it's consistent with our cultural expectations of hypnosis. So the simplest techniques are often the most effective techniques. So I'm like you, I see people out there selling their super duper double deluxe looper uh, method of whatever and, uh, and charging phenomenal prices. And I take great pride in the fact that I charge a lot less money give them twice as much content. Yeah. And, and then I teach the very simple methods. You know, there are over 12,000 journal articles in peer reviewed literature that show that hypnosis is effective and they show us the techniques because they tell us what techniques were used in these studies. And it's never the super looper, double deluxe duper deepener. It's always visualization. It's always mindfulness. It's always uh, therapeutic relaxation. I hear people say all the time, why that's just relaxotherapy. What are you going to do? Bore them into hypnosis sometimes. But since the 1970s, Herbert Benson at Harvard University yes. has made an entire career uh, publishing academic 
uh, journals showing how people who actually learn to use progressive muscle relaxation and other forms of therapeutic relaxation have life-changing results. So we should be in our it's induction. two books, if you've not read them, people, it's the relaxation response and beyond right. the relaxation response by Dr. Herbert Benson. And the core essence is what Richard said, and also the fact that there are two rhythms naturally in the human body, the circadian rhythm and the ultradian rhythm. Uh, and the uh, let me get this the right way around. The ultradian rhythm is about every 90 minutes, roughly, give or take 10 or 15 minutes, you need a bit of a rest period, ideally. And the other one is that in every 24-hour period, you need roughly eight hours sleep time. So in a therapy session that's generally 60 minutes, at least 60 to 90 minutes, the chances are at some point during this progressive relaxation induction or whatever, at some point during that session, the chances are they are going to hit the time that was meant to be the ultradian Mm. rest cycle which is a genuinely proven mind body healing cycle just as you need to sleep at night circadian rhythm for, for real healing so yeah i know that you're a great um advocate for using progressive sure. muscular relaxation i'll take all the mockery they can give me you know i i i one one guy made a video once and, and I remember seeing him on YouTube. Hypnotists uh, who did do muscle relaxation be th should be thrown out. We should never do it again. If I do induct, look, I'm the master of speed trance. I, it, John and I were largely responsible for yes. people around the world saying, let's look at rapid and, and, and instant inductions and speed trance methods. Uh, we probably sold more speed trance DVD. It's probably the best selling hypnosis DVD of all time. I mean, yeah. it's not, not out there in DVD anymore, but sometimes we do training still on it. I'm a big advocate of instant inductions. They have a purpose and a place, both in stage and clinical hypnosis. But in my office, I'm not trying to get through the induction to do the good stuff. If I do the induction correctly, it is the good stuff. Yeah. If all I ever do was induction, deepener, and reorientation, 99% of my clients would say, that was fantastic, Richard. That was, the, that was the wisest use of my time and money because I'm teaching them a skill that's important. Most of my clients, their problem is that they don't know how to relax. They don't know how to let go. They don't know how to be in the moment. And that has profound impact, far more profound than the super duper double deluxe duper $8,000 method. And take I'll take you to off for a second. We're going yes. to take the hypnotist out off okay. and put on your licensed mental health professional hat. All right. So in that context, and I'm making that differentiation for people watching sure. so they can, I want you to answer as a mental health professional. Sure. It's commonly known that stress is can, for example, cause organic disease to occur in the body. Mm -hmm. So how important as a mental health professional do you believe someone learning to relax properly is both to their mental and physical health and well-being? Whether they're a hypnotherapy client or a counseling client, mm -hmm. I always view myself as a teacher first, primarily teaching them what they don't know. They came from a family that dealt with stress, but daddy got angry and he threw the chair, or grandpa got angry, he threw the chair through the window. Daddy got angry, he threw the, drank a 12 pack of beer and threw the chair through the window. So when I get angry, I drink a 12 pack of depressant and throw the chair through the window. And then I wonder why I'm depressed. So people don't know what they need to know. And people don't know how to control uh, the relaxation response, how to create it. Uh, they don't know how to um, 
how to change uh, an anxiety trance or a depression trance. Uh, and I literally have to teach them how to do it because they've never known before. So with my mental health clients um, and my hypnosis clients, I see um, the nebulous word stress as really the overriding factor to address. You know, there's a lot of people who want to regress to cause. Look, if I look at my family history and you can go to te- you can go to see my TEDx video if you want to see my family history, it's pretty crazy. Right. I come from a pretty crazy family. Uh, and so I, I did a TEDx talk on how to uh, uh, well, I ended up writing a book on it. The book is titled uh, Turnaround Trauma, How to Live Your Best Life After Adversity. Look, I came from a family where there was a ton of stress, a ton of adversity. And so in my adult world, I didn't know what I needed to know in order to live an effective life. And so I struggled with my own addictions. You know, you talked about your cocaine use in the 90s. I was doing I was doing the uh, the, the same thing back in the 80s. You know, I, 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 if, it, if, it, if it could be smoked, if it could be snorted, if it could be drunk, I, I did it. Uh, I've been sober now since March. 31st in 1988. But I learned these things and and ineffective ways of living for my family. I didn't know how to handle stress. So when I had stress in my relationships, my relationships would disintegrate and I'd end up divorced. When I, when I, uh, uh, when I had financial stress, no one taught me how to handle money. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out how to create wealth. Um, because I came from a scarcity mindset rather than a wealth mindset. And and, and frankly, it wasn't, again, the super-duper, double-deluxe, looper-duper technique that stopped it in eight minutes flat. It was me largely applying the techniques of stress control because I can't regress to cause. There were way too many causes, right? But what I can do is, regardless of where I've been, I can choose where I'm going by being in this moment, by, by, by having self-efficacy, by, uh, by gaining control. And I can enhance the ability to do that with self-hypnosis, meditation, reading a book, talking to Jonathan. Self-hypnosis-wise, there's shed loads of books out there. Yeah. Um, Now, I've not ordered your latest book on self-hypnosis yet. I will be doing this week. Uh, And I would strongly suspect. Look at that, Jonathan. Check that out. The Chinese version. Is that cool? Brilliant already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you can get it in Chinese, Spanish, Portuguese, or English. Bloody hell. I know that that book is going to address this, because uh, that's just the nature of who you are, and you've already answered questions in that manner. But there's so many bloody books out there on self-hypnosis that some of them were clearly written by people just because they wanted to make some money, right. or they were written by people who don't have a bleeping, effing clue what they're talking about and they quite simply don't work for people so people get dejected and they, oh, they're, they're written in a manner that makes it seem grandiose and complicated but listen to me i'm the old master and you'll be able to do this whereas we go back to simplistic times and i've got a i'm predicting not having seen the book that you'll have done it in this manner because i know you're doing your other books keep things simple and in a manner that the average man on the street can understand is that very few of them actually Go back to the simplistic nature of arguably what was self-hypnosis, self-affirmation of like Emil Kue. So you haven't read the book, but the entire chapter two and chapter three is devoted to Emil Kue. And then we map 
everything from email QA and auto suggestion over into all the other seven techniques. There's actually eight, but seven is a cooler title. And the <laughs> reason why there's seven is because, uh, or eight is because, uh, a lot of hypnotists have this belief that, oh, this is the holy grail of techniques. But different people respond to different things. So there's seven techniques, or actually eight in this book, because my idea is that you, the reader, or me, the reader, I might use two or three of them. Two or three of them might apply to me, or maybe only one of them applies to me. And then you got something out of the book. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I go back to the beginning. I back, go back to email Quay. I outline what the principles of auto-suggestion are, what self-talk is all about, what placebo effect is all about. It's in the book. And, and then uh, through all eight of the methods in the book, seven methods, um, uh, we map that over as a constant strategy. Uh, and the book was designed, again, out of my own experiences. These are things that I actually do. So I wrote the book because, as you said, there are a lot of books out there. And it seems that most of the books on self-hypnosis in the last 20 years pretty much suck. Uh, people thought to themselves, it's easy to self-publish. Let's uh, let's put a book on self-hypnosis out there. Uh, the older books, some of them are actually pretty good. So Melvin Powers, I'm sure you read his book on self-hypnosis mm -hmm. years ago. Melvin Powers was a prolific writer in the 50s and 60s and hypnosis and and other areas of, of, of my he published Albert Ellis's first book the uh, our rationally motive behavioral therapy he published Maxwell Maltz's book um, uh, uh, cyber cybernetics uh, Melvin Powers was very very helpful to me in the 1990s at the end of his uh, life the end of his career in uh, in in becoming a publisher and in writing books so I attribute much of my success uh, to Melvin Powers he wrote what I think is an exceptional book on self-hypnosis in the 50s. There's some other great books on self-hypnosis out there, but they're 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old. And, uh, and so the language is archaic. And my favorite book on self-hypnosis is is the master key system by Charles Hanel. Now he never uses the word hypnosis, but it's 26 lessons that actually teach self-hypnosis progressive muscle relaxation, auto suggestion, all of these things. Many of his ideas came from email Kuwait also. Um, uh, but it's written in such archaic language that modern readers have a hard time because they say, linguists tell us, that 25% of the English language we use today didn't actually exist 40 years ago, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe it's 60 or 70 years for you guys since you speak proper English. But here in America, we're we're always adapting it. We're always changing our our words around. And, you know, now we're woke and uh, and, and the language we use today didn't exist before. And and, and so I, I thought, thought there was a need for a book that had a modern uh, approach on classic methods. But it, again, it came out of my I use self-hypnosis. Um, and seeing other hypnotists, by the way, I, I think that, you know, uh, I've made appointments with people over the years. I've said, hey, look, I'd like a, some sessions to focus on this. But okay. I've used self-hypnosis for weight loss. I've lost uh, 42 pounds as of today since last summer when I started working on that book. Um, I uh, used, you know, I came to see you, uh, I can't remember what year that was, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had uh, used hypnosis to overcome my fear of flying. Um, I, I wouldn't have visited you in 1998. Um, I would have said, you, you're going to have to come see me. And uh, I just booked it before our meeting today, Jonathan, I booked a flight to Hong Kong. And I, I'm going to Singapore uh, next. Uh, I'm going to China and then to Singapore uh, next uh, on February 2nd. Um, so 
uh, I've used self-hypnosis to overcome a fear of flying. I've had um, orthopedic problems. I have a joint replacement and I have a, uh, a fusion. And uh, when I came back to the doctor's office after my first foot surgery, which was a fusion, the nurse said to me, uh, would you like me to call in a refill for your uh, painkillers? And I said, well, no, you can't. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, in order to call in a refill, I would have had to have filled the first prescription. And, uh, and I never did fill the first prescription, so you can't call in a refill. And she said, aren't you in pain? And I said, well, now that you now that you ask me, I suppose the doctor did just cut open my foot, uh, uh, cut out the joint, uh, throw it in a trash can, put in a metal rod, and sew it all back together. So, yes, it hurts like hell, but... Uh, it, it it feels so much better than it did before he did that, that I'm okay with this level of pain. That, by the way, is a hypnotic way of looking at life. So everything in the book, yeah, everything in the book, you know, came from my own experiences and from what I've taught clients. You know, when people come to see me for a hypnosis session, or even if I do a stage hypnosis show, I try to teach them some element of self-hypnosis that they can take with them. Um, and then hopefully then go on and build from that. And uh, it's life-changing for people. It is. And I really, I'm so, I respect so much the fact, and I agree with you entirely. When I do therapy sessions, if it's on television, then yeah, might be a rapid induction because it looks good for TV. Right, right, right. But once we're off air and the theatrical bit's been done, I will then go through with that person so it doesn't wear off a progressive relaxation, muscular relaxation, you know, tense it and release it. stress training. Yeah. Um, Because I totally agree with you, and I think that there's people out there that dismiss it because they think, well, relaxation can't be that therapeutic because I I get home from work and I put my feet up and I relax, and yet I've still got the stress in life. But the thing is that perhaps watching telly, getting mentally stressed out, with things running around the head. So they might be physically relaxing or vice versa. They might have learned some of the psychologically relaxes them, but they don't fit. Whereas with what you do and I do and some of the bit by using those techniques, they're getting both, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, the reason why homeopathic medicine works is because I made a decision. I got in my car. I drove down to the store. I plucked down $50 to buy it. That was real money. I could have bought something else with it, right? I made a decision. Now I've taken an actual, I've engaged in a ritual. The same thing. I know some hypnotists were probably going to get hate mail or I'm going to get hate mail. Uh, but hypnosis works because my client made a decision. They didn't know what to do. They called me. Uh, they, they took an action. They invested their time. They took uh, an afternoon off of work. They drove over to my office. They paid me real money, real money. They could have used for rent or car payment or something else to help them. I do give them something of value, but make no doubt, make no doubt in your mind. Uh, the power of the change came from within them. It wasn't something I did to them. Uh, I guided them into ratifying uh, the decision they made through those rituals and by then training and teaching them the methods that create sustaining success. Excellent. And giving them a, a, an environment where they feel safe with a, 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 to them, trustworthy, expert, authority figure that already in their head is capable of helping them make those changes. Right. And, and, and people respond to me, I think, for 
a couple of reasons. One, I've been doing this like you for 30 plus years. Um, they, they know that they, they, you know, people come to me, they say, well, I saw you wrote books or I saw you won awards or I saw, you know, blah, 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 blah. So there's the authority. But the other reason why is I think I live a, a fairly genuine life. I'm what you see is what you get. I'm pretty much the same in my office as I am in real life. And as I am on stage and uh, I use self-hypnosis as a strategy in my own life. And uh, I use, you know, in each and every way, each and every day, I'm getting better and better. I can't take the camera because we're using my desktop over to the bathroom, but on my bathroom mirror in both English and Chinese is written with a dry erase marker right now in the bathroom. Uh, in each and every way, in each and every day, I'm getting better and better on my bathroom mirror. Daniel QA. Right, the exactly. One that's exactly. been tested and proven exactly. to work. Exactly. And, and by the way, I can't read the Chinese. My wife can, uh, although I can well, speak Chinese. I can speak Chinese pretty well, at least pretty well for a dumb American. So that's pretty good. So. Well, you're learning it subliminally because you you know what every day in every way is. So your association right, right, right. of the word sentences. Right. Oh, yep. So, I mean, excellent. I mean, we've covered stage hypnosis. Uh, we've covered hypnotherapy. Um we have mentioned you, you, you being a licensed mental health professional. We've covered religion side. The fact people go on Amazon, they'll find tons of your books. And the thing is, from my experience, there's tons of authors out there that get loads of books out, and then it's just for the purpose of making money. And I'm sure. rich. My father-in-law just brought me a plate full of fruit. Excellent. Um, obviously, Richard does do stuff to make money, but he's also, as you've clearly realized over the past, minutes of uh you know 48 minutes so far of this interview he's congruent and honest so you will be getting you've heard what he said in this interview his books are like that in terms of content and explanation so i would encourage you to go and stick at least a couple of them in your uh, amazon car and get them ordered because that way you'll get free postage and then I'm sure I predict you will end up ordering more of them when you see that the books are like the man that you've seen during this interview. So we've only really got sort of 11, 12 minutes left. Um, tell us a little bit about the organization you founded, the ICBCH. Sure. The ICBCH, the International Certification Board of Clinical Hypnotherapists, we are a worldwide organization. There's an I for international. Uh, I teach internationally. It's been a long time since I've been to the UK, but maybe I'll come back. Um, uh, we have trainers from around the world. and um, uh, But really most important, what we've desired to do is a lot of different hypnosis organizations exist out there, uh, and they've all had a contribution at one time or another to the profession. Uh, my expertise is in online education. I am actually a university professor in a real accredited university. My degrees are from accredited universities. Um, and so I became familiar with delivering online education in academic settings early on. And the ICBCH has been very progressive in permitting instructors to use the effective techniques of online education as well as in-person education and hybrid education uh, to further the profession. A lot of associations seem to not want to let the secrets out. In fact, I remember back in the day when you and I were back in 2006, 2007, first putting YouTube videos up and you and yeah. I got a lot of flack. People oh, said, yeah. well, you can't, you can't put an induction on the internet, Jonathan Royal. You can't put an induction on the internet, Richard. And of course, people were afraid we'd give away their secrets for free, which of course caused both of us to give away even more for free. <laughs> 
which I think is both. And everyone's doing it now. That's the thing. You, you and me were doing it back, but a lot of the new era now don't even realise. Right, right, right. The, 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 what the stuff they're claiming? Oh, this is new. I'm going to share stuff with you on YouTube. No, we were doing it back in the day. We actually back with YouTube far more prolifically than me because I'm a lazy bugger at heart. Uh, but Richard, wow! I mean, you go on YouTube, look at his channel. He has got videos where the video alone has got forget the Millions. channel. The video alone has got like millions of a million views, millions of views, because he's been doing it so long. Um, and there's so much stuff you can learn from his channel. I encourage you to go and have a look. The other thing we've tried to do with the ICBCH is to um, to actually provide real membership benefits to support members. Now, some of this is U.S. centric, but obviously one of the biggest problems, the two biggest problems we have is small business and, and a hypnotist is a small business, a small business banking and financial services. So we've created a connection to a 5,500 member uh, uh, credit union to access affordable business banking services for self-employed folks. Um, our members can also access this is important in the U.S. because because uh, out of 33 developing nations, uh, 32 of them provide healthcare to their citizens. Only one of them doesn't, and of course, that's the USA. So we have a group healthcare plan. Behind here in England, the way things are going. Right. So we have a uh, we have a, a group healthcare plan that our members can opt into, which solves one of the biggest problems for people who might want to leave a, a job they hate or were trapped in for healthcare, uh, and uh, and and be on their own. So we've really tried to provide uh, member benefits. And again, keeping with my theme, we do it at a at, at a very inexpensive rate. We largely charge an annual membership fee that we've equated to being what our cost of maintaining a member is, you know, for printing, postage, administrative time, those sorts of things. Um, the other organizations, again, have all made their contributions over time, and I hope the ICBCH is making its contribution at this time, which I think it is on, a, on really a worldwide basis. Excellent. So uh, people, there will, when this video goes out, there will be actually sure. links underneath that people can click directly on. Um, but... I mean, at the end, I will ask you to share your, your, your web uh, addresses. But we've covered stage, we've covered therapy, we've covered religion, we, we've covered mental health, we've covered so many things. So in a nutshell, and this it doesn't matter whether it's stage, hypnosis, therapy, whatever winky-wanky title it gets given, what are, if you had to, if somebody came to you and they were a complete and utter newbie, they knew nothing, but they genuinely, sincerely wanted to learn and become the best possible, uh, we'll say hypnotherapist that they could become, what would your top three tips be for them? Probably my top three tips would come in the form of an experience. The first thing I would do is what I see many hypnotists do. I have them focus on the far wall and pick a spot and bring all of their attention to it. In fact, the people listening to you and me right now, they can actually do this. They can they, they can point to a spot on the screen. I mean, they become aware of a spot on the screen, whether it's my shirt or your shirt or, you know, one of the pictures uh, in the background there. I think that's SpongeBob or something on the wall or the Simpsons um, or, or, you know, my camera, whatever that spot is. Um, and bring all of your attention to it. Now close your eyes down and notice something. With the eyes closed down, you can still pay attention to that spot. This is learning number one, that whether we see it or we don't, we can choose where we place our attention. So go ahead and open your eyes. 
I like to explain things experientially to people, and we call this eye fixation and hypnosis, but what we often use it for in stage hypnosis is or clinical hypnosis is ocular fatigue so we can get them to close their eyes. The real value of, 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 of um, eye fixation is not that it causes their eyes to get tired and have them close their eyes. People will close their eyes if you tell them to. It's that we get x-ray vision. We learn right off the bat the special powers of hypnosis. We all wanted x-ray vision when we were a kid. We paid a quarter to the comic book in order to get those x-ray glasses. Well, we already have it. And we can choose where we pay attention. Hypnosis is largely about where we choose to direct our attention, to either the resource states that help us or to the trance states that are unresourceful and don't help us. And so by teaching that simple strategy to people, then I can, my pain control client, I don't actually have to get rid of the pain. They can start to pay attention to where they're comfortable. They can, they, they can, uh, they can notice um, that comfort is also present, even though pain exists. And, and by having that balance in Taoism, we see, you know, the, the, the yin, the yang, the, 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 the coexisting um, is actually the natural order of things. Then I can let go of the distress that my pain caused. See, the problem isn't pain. The problem is distress. Uh, in life, we actually can't um, avoid uh, avoid difficulty or misery. But what we can do is avoid artificially amplifying it. And that's what most of us do. So I, I teach people those basic strategies. I think another strategy is if you're thinking about getting into hypnosis, um, the more a cost course costs, probably the less helpful the course truly is. I think that's just a good axiom for beginners. So uh, the more the training program, I, I, our natural inclination in social psychology is, well, it must be more valuable because it's more expensive. Let me just share with you, if you're new and that course you're looking at is outside of your comfort range, don't buy it. Register for a different course. And the reason why is because any, the, the reason why is because it's the simple strategies that are actually the most effective. And that's what the research shows. So, yeah. so, you know, take my $7 course or Jonathan, Jonathan sells it for free. So, uh, so take his free course. Um, but, uh, don't equate to the dollar value of a course to how good you're going to be. Um, and then probably the third thing I think that's really important is I, I want to share trance with people. I don't want to hypnotize them. I want to, want to share trance space with people. And so I need to be good at trance. So become good at self-hypnosis. Uh, practice self-hypnosis. I meet hypnotists sometimes who say, well, I can hypnotize others, but I've never been hypnotized. Those people don't understand what hypnosis is um, because professional hypnotists See, are good See, I would say I've never been hypnotized in the context of what 99% of hypnotherapists and stage hypnotists sadly believe it to be or at least pretend it to be. Sure, but you've been hypnotized. In the context of what you've been talking about... Yeah, I do it all the time because I understand that physical relaxation on its own is not enough. Psychological relaxation on its own is not enough. Put them together, right. progressive muscular relaxation, induction, fixation of attention on something else. Um, some call that hypnosis. Right. Others call it, well, relaxation response. 
right? Yeah. Or, or, or even just transutilization. You know, I, 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 you know, your, your daughter's 10 years old and, uh, uh, you know, I, my kids are, uh, are all old. My kids are 28, 25 and, you know, 20, 24, but I have a, I have a 10 year old stepdaughter, which is so awesome. And the reason why it's so awesome is because all my kids grew up and I was kind of sad Then I met my wife and I got married and she had a, a daughter and, um, and so now I have a stepdaughter and I'm so happy because I get the joy of having a house full of life once again, because kids are really pretty awesome. They're a pain in the ass and they're expensive and, you know, whatever else, but overall they're definitely joyful. So I'm sure you've had the same experience where you have stress, you have things going on, whatever else, and your daughter comes along and does something cute or says a kind word or puts her hand on daddy's shoulder and, and wherever you were has been instantly changed. And one of the things that I find is that, by simply being able to pay attention. They say that when we die, we'll look back on our life and there'll be a hundred days that define us. The key to happiness is, uh, is not to recognize them in retrospect, but as they are happening. And people who are hypnotic are able to do that. And I know you've had that experience and I look for those experiences as well. And, uh, and, and those are the kind of strategies that, that make a huge difference in, in, in living well and living stressed. Thank you, Richard. Hey, I tell you what, there is gold in the past 60 minutes. Um, and if, if some of it's bypassed you because you were so into the two-way conversation, that's the joy of this. Because as you're watching this, this will be, when it's released, a recording. So sure. you will be able to go back, get your notepad and pen and take notes. And then when you've done that, I do encourage you to go on Amazon and get some of Richard's books uh, tell people where they can check out your websites and uh... well, they can go to Amazon and just search for Nongard, N-O-N-G-A-R-D. Um, my website is subliminalscience.com. That's where all my courses are, both my live trainings and my uh, my online trainings. And uh, if anyone's interested in joining the ICBCH, maybe they're certified by another organization, but they'd like to uh, have the uh, uh, the member benefits and the uh, uh, the uh, progressive. Uh, uh, attitudes of the ICBCH, hypnotherapyboard.com, and there's a link on there for join through reciprocity if you're certified by another organization. So subliminalscience.com, hypnotherapyboard.com, and then, of course, Amazon, search for NonGuard, or YouTube, just search for NonGuard. Oh, God, so, yeah, go on YouTube. It's a great thing about having uh, a last name that nobody else on the planet Earth has other than my kids, and uh, that is uh, I'm easy to find. So whatever you do, don't go and change your name to Nongar because it'll make it harder for established. My son's name is Richard Nongar. My dad's name was Richard Nongar, yeah. right? So my son's name is Richard Nongar. I, I, and of course, I grew up, you know, pre-internet, right? So, so but my son, you know, was a teenager when I was starting to really use social media, use the internet, use YouTube, use search engine optimization. I told him, I'm sorry I named you Richard Dongard. You better never screw up because the last thing I want is you making the national news for being a screw up and, uh, and dominating my search results. So whatever you do in life, uh, never ruin my search results, Richard Dongard. Fortunately, he's, uh, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, a, uh, a super sergeant in the uh, U.S. Army. He's a straight-laced kid. He's an awesome person, and I have no fear of him ruining my search engine results. Excellent. You know what? I always say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's a lot of truth in that as well. Uh, so there's a lesson to be learned there. If, you, if, you, if you're about to have a child, uh, make sure you give them a name. If, unfortunately, things didn't go to plan, he's not going to muck up your search engine. 
So, so he named his son. So they're, they're, he, I, my son is actually Richard the sixth. We come from a long line of dicks, uh, but he named his son Braden. Uh, and I'm very happy about that because uh, it was time to break time to break the old name trances and enter uh, enter uh, uh, enter new trances. So excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Richard. It's been a pleasure. Um, and I'm sure anyone who actually pays attention to the past 60 minutes, watch it more than once with a notepad and pen in hand. Uh, and there are key powerful messages in there from a man who at the end of the day has done these things he's not someone who just goes out there doing courses when and not done there's so many people running courses and they've never well i say they've never seen clients but they may have seen like you know they might see three or four clients a week if they're lucky because they don't know how to market themselves they're flipping actually making the money from running courses uh whereas richard's actually doing it in the trenches and has been doing for decades hence i say pay attention thank you so much for your time richard it's been a pleasure um yeah tell them one more time your website subliminalscience.com or uh, hypnotherapyboard.com subliminalscience.com or uh, look for me on youtube and amazon indeed go there do it now i'll see you next week on hypnosis week <laughs>